0: Have you ever wanted to be the first to know if aliens really exist? Well, with Nebula, you can be. Nebula is the streaming service that's home to It's Probably Not Aliens, as well as our YouTube channels. And the best part, all of our content goes up early on Nebula. So when we break first contact with ET, you'll be the first to find out. That's right, you'll be able to listen to the next episode of this show before anyone else. Plus, we post bonus content that you won't find any other place. And the best part, by signing up for Nebula at nebula.tv slash probably not you're directly supporting the show and both of us. So don't wait any longer. Join Nebula today and be the first to know if this time it really is aliens. Emergency to start. I
1: have never hit the record button as Fast yeah. as I wanted to, here and we had a lot of technical issues that was holding us back. But Tristan told me something, and it got me so excited because I had no idea. Tristan, what did you tell me before we started recording? Uh,
0: so I, I I remembered wrong, unfortunately. But uh, you had been quoted in Variety. It was what happened was uh, to kind of get the full the full thing is that I was on Google. Like anybody who has a Pixel or an Android phone knows there's like the the far left column where you just get like scattered algorithmically chosen news yeah, stories the
1: radical left column the radical yeah. left
0: column where you just get random news and for me algorithmically it says that I want um, Baldur's Gate news uh, yep. uh, chat GPT do- developments and um, you know just random bullshit but then so I was like you know looking at these one uh, the other day and I get a pop-up that says after our Netflix series is toning down soccer, but fans don't agree with the change quote we got to stop with needing faves to be unproblematic." And I was like, that sounds suspiciously close to the tweet that Scott put out earlier today on that topic. And so which I,
1: did numbers. Which <laughs> I, did. I, it I tweeted it and then like four minutes later it had like a thousand likes. I'm just like, that is so much for me. And now it's like hundreds of thousands of people have seen it and potentially millions of people have seen it, but hundreds of thousands of people have liked it. I don't know what happened. I think I just hit the algorithm exactly right talking about this and I muted it like so quickly. I do that every time a tweet of mine takes off. So I had no idea that, uh, that news publication picked up on it and we're like
0: so the only one that I could pick up so that 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 headline was from GamesRadar Plus not Variety but I think it's because Variety was the story that like p- pulled, like did the story that you were reacting to when they mentioned yeah. that Sokka is not going to be sexist anymore which yeah as you mentioned as like you kind of point out that's like the, the entire arc of his character with the whole Kyoshi Warriors thing it'll be a big part of season one his, yeah. like, his entire storyline is based on him overcoming his like sort of um, chauvinism right so
1: yeah sorry if, if you're not a fan of Avatar are the last airbender they just ignore us for the next couple of minutes but basically yeah one of the main characters Sokka the older brother he's intentionally sexist so that he can learn not to be and that was sort of what my tweet was about is like they were saying we're going to tone down the sexism in the live action show and I was like that's misses the point entirely because he's a character that teaches you not to be sexist so it's it's yeah, he so acts weird. sexist
0: and then the Kyoshi warrior kicks his ass like that's yeah. the whole that's the whole shtick
1: yeah it's great great <laughs> it's fantastic and then, and and then, then he...
0: afterwards i think it's in the same episode or later on he like learns how to fight from the kiyoshi warriors and sh- yeah it shows the, the, it's called a character arc we don't have those in media anymore but um no characters we don't start off with flaws that then change over time as they become better people that's like sort of the hero heroes used to go on journeys to become better people yep. and now they and
1: learn stuff and grow and yeah, yeah, yeah. We but now do that they no just more. and now they all of your main characters have to be unproblematic. So 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 uh, according
0: to Brad, Brad Russell, the person who wrote this article, um Bradley Russell. We got the we got the quote here that says, We gotta stop needing face, be unproblematic. Wrote quote, one use uh one wrote on Twitter.
1: Didn't even use my name. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just one wrote on Twitter that this this very popular thing. Thanks, Brad. Thanks, Brad.
0: <laughs> Not, oh not nice gosh. wonder of it's probably not aliens.
1: Yeah, because they <laughs> go on to the next paragraph. Brad quotes uh, another tweet from actor Nicole Maines. He uses her name. <laughs> To be fair, to be fair, knowing how journalists life. I I know I wasn't the star of a CW Supergirl show like Nicole Maines was, but I matter also (laughs) in some small way. It's probably not Aliens host uh,
0: or, you know, um, Scooby-Doo. Scooby-Doo
1: enthusiasts. Yeah. YouTuber. The, I think
0: the problem, maybe the, so there's probably two reasons. One, um, journalists work under insane pressure. Like he probably had a, th- he probably had like, like half an hour to write this article. Yeah. And then second, trying to choose what to call you is kind of a complicated thing.
1: They used my words in the title. Of that the is article. true. You should definitely,
0: you should have definitely been named if your words end up as the headline, but also the headline. journalists, <laughs> journalists fairly often do not get to choose their own headlines. That's usually the editor. So, all right. All right. It's not Brad's Either fault. It's, way. What, it's Brad's
1: boss. All right, Brad. You know what? Don't be mean to Brad. Brad's probably fine. Don't be mean to Brad. He's just yeah. doing his job. It's just <laughs> Brad's doing Brad's doing their job. But still, I, that was so funny to me. Uh-huh. I, I had no idea. Anyway, this has been, this has been Avatar, the last Airbender live action yeah. news uh for everybody.
0: Yeah. I, I, that, that, yeah. So that, there was that hyper focus. Then my hyper focus yesterday was just apparently like the whole thing that like, there was, there was a convoluted set of rumors. That was implying that like Larry and Studios was going to buy D and D like the entire wow. IP yesterday because Tencent wow. was going to step in and buy it. But apparently they're starting to dispel rumors of that too. I imagine it's preliminary talks or something. But that was the thing. But I actually have. A a real cold open story that we need to cover because it's been the topic of several episodes in a row now, which is that the city has cracked down on our subterranean mining woman, our subterranean Minecraft lady.
1: Okay, this is the real news. I promise I know that this is a podcast about ancient aliens and ancient astronaut theory, and we will get to that. We will get to that. But we we've just been have talking about shit to start with. We've this is fought, this is much needed follow-up. We've been talking about the TikTok lady who has uh been digging a mine under her home for seemingly no reason. I yeah. gotta know what the follow-up is.
0: Uh basically, it's an interesting and also kind of sweet story, which is that um some people showed some let's just say concern about the safety or legality of doing this, uh, including some of her neighbors who worried like, hey, maybe if you're digging a network of tunnels under my house, that could cause problems for me. Uh-huh, so, uh-huh, uh-huh. so apparently town officials in her hometown uh, put in a stop work order to her and demand that she immediately <laughs> stop and have her mind be evaluated by a professional engineer uh, because it might be uh, breaking the uniform statewide building code, to say the least.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: but here's the thing is that apparently not only like the TikTok lady, she does intend to resume work once like the approvals and permits get put in place. But apparently also like her neighbors were sheepish about like complaining about it. And they were also like, we would love for her to get her mind back up and running because it's kind of like a cool thing that's happening on our street. So like, apparently like the, oh. town, the town is also on board with the mine. They just like are like for legal and safety reasons. We have to like make sure
1: board yeah so basically yeah. she's
0: getting to the point where like she intends to get everything legal and above board to continue the TikTok tock mind
1: <laughs> wild yeah i don't you think that sort of takes away from the fun of it all though
0: the fact that it was borderline illegal yeah but also this probably would result in her uh having a much lower chance of dying so
1: yes i i'm not saying they shouldn't have done this I'm glad that everything's going to be above board. I'm just saying the excitement on like a on like a caveman, like reptile brain level of like, but isn't it kind of exciting that it was illegal, though?
0: The smartest action would have been is that if this happened, but then nobody said it and they just kind of continued. Well, it was above like continue with it being
1: above board and legal, but just don't say board, but don't publicly say that it's above. Yeah, it's like when
0: you find out that like there was a uh, there was a buffet tray at. The Survivor Island, like you know, it's just like
1: right. you don't. We don't talk don't, about it. Yeah, <laughs> it takes away from the fun. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, like Bear Grylls having like experts around to like help him out, and he's like, but while he's pretending to be, he's like, all right. Once we're done shooting for the night, we're gonna go to the hotel, right?
0: Yeah, that that makes some noise. Bit is like the most true one, where it's like Bear Grylls. No, like he was like right by water. He just wanted to drink the pee. He wanted to drink his own pee. That's he's just his, his little freak. Us- I love him. Speaking of little freaks, uh, welcome to "It's Probably Not Aliens" a podcast about ancient astronaut theory, ancient, uh, ancient aliens, pseudo history, yes. pseudo archaeology, pseudoscience, all of, all of the all the crankery um, with a sci-fi bent. Is is our our shtick.
1: You know what? I also, this is also going to be some much needed follow-up that I will check on really quickly. And maybe, you know, the answer to this. Did we ever come to a conclusion of what our listeners are called? Either Cosmic Comrades or Space space Potatoes. potatoes. Space Potatoes. Space Potatoes. Narrowly one, but yeah. Welcome to our little freaks, the Space Potatoes. Uh, who listen to this show? My name is Scott Nicewander. I'm the host of the show that knows nothing, uh, except for apparently very basic arcs in Avatar: The Last Airbender, mm-hmm. and why they're important um the end that's what i do on this show Mm -hmm. i am the other
0: side of this duo uh i also wrote like a random piece of lore mythology on our twitter feed a few days last week but i am the uh i am the deity of knowledge (laughs) and sadness uh while you are the the empty the the small-headed empty-minded thank you uh deity of happiness and i am the the one burdened with wisdom and sadness
1: everyone was like I don't we didn't talk about that before you posted it you just post I don't even know what inspired that Um, but probably basically have our own canon creation myth uh, now I'll
0: show you what inspired it Uh, it's on my desk right now this um, the users won't be able to see this nor can we talk about it legally probably because of the United States but this is um, no I mean it is a cannabis vaporizer It's it's a thing that alters
1: your mind I guess you could say
0: yeah it's a cannabis vaporizer and that kind of inspired it. But yeah, I'm
1: Tristan Johnson. Gotcha. I'm
0: the one whom uh, has spent his life uh, going after cranks for a living. And and we thank you for it. Well, <laughs> it's, it, I am very much the uh, I am very much the epitome of thanks. I hate it. <laughs>
1: And nowhere is that more clear as we continue our series of ancient aliens and the Third Reich.
0: Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. So.
1: So what are we talking about today? Okay. What are we actually talking? This is the actual podcast now. Thank you for indulging.
0: Yes, us. Yes. Thank you for our, our Avatar The Last Airbender slash TikTok mine discourse. Mm-hmm. Uh, OK, so today we are talking about um, nukes. So Uh, yeah, not for the first time on this podcast. No, I was going to
1: say we've done this before,
0: but, uh, as we're kind of, as I'm delving through the, 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 the ancient aliens, Nazi episode, there was one little interaction, five minutes, maybe of the episode where they're sort of like the, the whole episodes plot is trying to build this claim that the Nazis had extraterrestrial, uh, knowledge either through a crashed UFO that crashed in, uh, somewhere around Freiburg, which Uh uh is going to be, a uh, an episode in our future, I imagine. But another one was that they like, you know, did all the Nazi archaeology.
1: They went all over the Middle East into India looking oh. for those places that we talked about. I forgot to do the claim the claim sound. Here, here, let's do that. And then where did I put it? It's right here. <laughs> Millions of people
0: around the world believe that Germany made early breakthroughs in atomic energy and atomic power because either they had their hands on alien technology or they found secrets placed in places like Sodom and Gomorrah or Mohenjo Dara, which might be Ooh. familiar terms to uh to to real old hat potatoes.
1: Yeah, we've done episodes about both Sodom and Gomorrah and Mohenjo Dara.
0: Yeah. So then is the, the the question is: did Hitler and the Nazis uncover ancient atomic secrets and how Mm -hmm. close did they come to developing this ultimate doomsday weapon but first of all that also the Nazis gave up on their atomic weapons program was it because (gasps) of completely logical reasons that I might get to later in this episode or Or, was it because they actually found more
1: powerful super weapons (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Whoa. So that's what sorry, we're sorry, the soundboard's back up and running. I can't I can not tell. use it. Yeah. yeah.
0: So that's what we're investigating today. Did did the Nazis learn atomic uh, atomic power through either looking at old nuke sites that aliens did in like yeah. in India or in the Middle East? Or, or did they develop it because they were reverse engineering nuclear technology from a UFO that crashed in Freiburg? Those are the only two
1: answers. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. And we're going to investigate both of those and presumably nothing else
0: yeah so uh let's start with the first thing that yeah the, the the idea that the nazis did atomic uh like that they had early atomic breakthroughs and that this yeah. was due to assistance from alien technology uh that's like that's the main that's the first theory the second thing that they're positing is that they found this while going to places like india and the middle east because ancient aliens has made the claim that ancient civilizations had access to nuclear technology which they then harnessed but you know there's no evidence of that which you know is a little bit slow but if you want to figure out the the, those claims, like about Mohenjo-daro and Sodom and Gomorrah being the sites of nuclear blasts, I'll point you to episodes 58 for Sodom and Gomorrah and 44 for Mohenjo-daro, which I'm realizing was almost 100 episodes ago. So, Jesus. If I, this, th- I, I said to Scott at the beginning of this episode, and this is probably going to have to be a way that we schedule, we we run our episodes in the future, is that we'll kind of brush over some of the claims and debunkings because we've already debunked them in other episodes. But at least when we do that, I'll try to point you to where to listen and give you a brief rundown in case you don't want to listen to another two hours yeah. of content.
1: But basically, the I lo- cannot believe we've been doing this show for for so long. Yeah, almost that-
0: uh, three years. This uh, actually in March it'll be three years since we started.
1: Since we started recording yeah yeah absolutely wild yeah so back to nazis um (laughs) great love it But
0: uh, the general vibe of these two things is that ancient aliens has claimed that these places were the sites of nuclear uh, explosions as written in like sort of the mythology of the two uh events sodom and gomorrah we kind of broke down might have been the site of uh something akin to a meteor strike uh if and that is like there's like a kind of growing interesting line of evidence that there might have been a meteor strike around the sodom and gomorrah region that might have been the inspiration of the Sodom and Gomorrah story of the Bible. Oh, that's interesting. And the Mohenjo-daro thing is just a regular city that probably got attacked by raiders,
1: alien raiders. Uh, or... probably other
0: like nomadic people who raided the oh, town okay sure 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 but uh the uh, the general vibe of that is that uh because in Hindu mythology they have this these things called brahma weapons because we talked about hinduism an extremely metal religion everything is big and, and epic and explosions yeah. and billions of years and like you know yeah it's as if like Every, dragon cool. force made a religion as yeah. like- <laughs> <laughs> that's a good way to put it so, I think so so Brahma Bra- so in Hinduism there are these things called Brahma weapons which are like mythological like mythical weapons like Excalibur but like like they're like a bow that when it shoots arrows can destroy entire cities and make them unlivable for yeah. centuries and Ancient Aliens was like oh that's a nuke and it's like yeah. <laughs> no and, and we got into both of those in those two episodes so that's sort of the uh, the thing we're going for with that yeah and then the idea that Hitler then abandoned the atomic weapons program because they actually had better things like the sort of UFO that uh, that Victor Schauberger was developing that we talked about last week or other sort of uh, things in their Wunder Wunderwaffen program that we talked about mm-hmm. where they, they the, the Nazis were secretly developing all sorts of super weapons that uh, that that just you know were just about to, to hit Hit the market or whatever. And then the war ended. And like, this is sort of like an ongoing thing in like our, you know, crank history of the Nazis and, um, has like some roots in sort of weird esoteric shit that the Nazis got into. And also a sort of like engineering program developed during the end of the war. That was sort of an act of desperation to try and find anything mm-hmm. that could stop, um, the Soviet union from basically just devouring yeah. their entire empire. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Because like yeah, the Russians were just like like they were they were just like you know uh, they're like no matter how many people we kill, the Russians just keep having more people. We we cannot stop them.
1: How do they do it?
0: Yeah, and so like that sort of uh, that's that sort of came out, and also yeah, just like trying to figure out how do we use all of these leftover navy parts because we can't have a navy anymore because we've lost the battle at sea and that kind of stuff. So that's uh that's like they were desperate. Yeah, they were desperate, and so they were like, let's find anything that can work. Um, but like those kinds of those two things have kind of turned into a that the, the nazis had secret super weapons that they were working on and right uh, obviously that is true because um the germans won world war
1: ii with all of those super weapons and <laughs> they did it and now look at us mm-hmm. we're all speaking german yep nice wander oh extremely no extremely german name <laughs> yeah that's true scott um <laughs> i'm pretty sure I'd, i'm pretty sure scott is uh scottish if i had to guess
0: yes (laughs) anyways (laughs) anyway let's look into these actual claims um that's that's we're gonna let's do it so first let's start with uh the historical accuracy of their claims about nazi scientific capabilities so first of all there is we do have to give some concessions because one yes nazi germany did indeed uh do research related to developing nuclear weapons this is a verified fact uh they had uh roped in key figures like werner heisenberg the person of the the Heisenberg uncertainty principle ah and had other and and you know had other people like other top like German uh, nuclear physicists working on this program, but they had a lot of changes or they had a lot of challenges to get it going because uh, well I'll get into it in detail later, but they, they basically ran into a lot of issues and we did find near the end of the war through Allied intelligence like became they came they did develop an atom weapons program that began in 1939, but they never actually came close to developing a functional nuclear bomb. They like like mm. the program was abandoned very early on and never really amounted to anything, but it did exist. <laughs> that's, that's that's the main thing. And that's in held in contrast to the program that did successfully develop a nuclear bomb, which was the Manhattan Project, which happened in the United States, which was a collaborative effort between the United States, the UK and Canada and involved tons of nuclear uh like researchers and a, a and a key part of this whole process access to a huge resource network that included things like getting the absolutely absurd amounts of uranium that you need to uh purify and refine to turn into plutonium in order to make mm-hmm. a successful nuclear bomb it's an important ingredient that's why you ever wonder why when people are talking about like countries developing nuclear bombs they're always talking about like centrifuges and stuff like that it's because that's the technology you need for refining uranium into something that is uh, it's like uh, step zero yeah you need to turn the rocks into spicy enough rocks that you can then use yeah. them for a fission explosion or a fusion explosion get into that in a second but that is sort of like when you find out that they're like developing centrifuges it's like oh you're not just trying to build a nuclear power plant you're trying to build a bomb mm. like you might have uh, the big one you might remember if, if you know, if you're as um, saddened and masochistic as I am and you follow the news to the extent I do. But if you remember that Iran. I didn't even
1: know I was in the news. Yeah, you. So did, that's. that's-
0: Yeah. Uh, But like Iran, a number of years ago, was having issues with their centrifuges breaking down. And it turned out that it was like a Israeli virus that was being installed on there, like where the centrifuges were like they were they installed a virus that was making the centrifuges work improperly and was making them like break down faster in order to slow down Iran's nuclear weapons development program. And that's sort of part of that. Yeah cyber warfare. That is, that is like very literal cyber warfare. Yeah. But, uh, they didn't abandon, like the, the, the thing is that the evidence shows, especially like through people who would be very interested in what the Germans were doing in their nuclear weapons program, i.e. like allied spies in Germany during the war show that they abandoned due to, they didn't abandon because they had better things. They've, they stopped it because they were, they realized that they were being outpaced and they were uh, out resourced mm. by the allied powers and Germany sort of, Like, if you think about one of the things about World War II is you have to kind of think of it like Germany had no empire, right? They had no um, like, you know, Britain had India. It had like, you know, the Middle East. It had like uh, vast like colonies across the world. The United States had uh, had a vast like, you know, industrial base because America is like the third largest country on Earth and has tons of natural resources. Uh, Russia, the biggest country or Soviet Union, the biggest country on Earth. And uh, Mm -hmm. had access to almost uh, like like huge reserves of oil and natural gas. Germany, with its allies being Italy and Japan, had like Mm. no access to gasoline and like like uh, like Mm. they developed the whole idea of making synthetic rubber because they couldn't get access to actual rubber.
1: Oh yeah. Like
0: they, so if you think about it, like a lot of what Germany was trying to do in the war and it informed their strategy is that they needed to win fast and early because they did not have the sort of depths of personnel and resources in order to fight a long protracted war. So as the war kept they didn't going, didn't have that supply chain. Yeah, yeah, And as I kind of implied with the, the Manhattan project is that to make a nuclear bomb, you need an astonishing
1: amount of resources to make happen. Italy didn't have spicy rocks. They had, Spicy meatballs. Oh. That's my joke of the episode. There you go. Enjoy. You're welcome. Everyone,
0: have that fun. Like if you think about it, uranium is like about as rare as silver.
1: Uh-huh. And then you think about it, you have to sorry that I'm gonna put that I'm gonna edit that earlier I wasn't fast enough on it sorry you go for it sorry they
0: had it's fine but uranium is about as rare as silver and has to be like highly refined in order to function right so it's Mm -hmm. a whole thing Um, and and so like like the fact is like they just didn't have the the, the, they didn't have the resources and we'll learn later they also didn't have the people to develop this program and develop the science this fast and the Manhattan Project was kind of just the fact that like the United States was able to um, wield huge amounts of resources through them and they're like allies to, to make it happen. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. there's also <laughs> not to, not, it's sometimes I, I feel like I, I look at my own notes and I'm like, I'm stating the obvious here, but like the, the, the claim that like Nazis had access to alien technology
1: is, um, yeah. is not full of any credible <laughs> actual evidence. <gasps> I'm, I'm looking uh, at the headline for your, for your notes. And it just says no evidence for alien technology in world war two. Yeah. And I'm like, man, it was that easy. <laughs> Yeah.
0: So, so here, so this is kind of what I'm I'm really trying to say is that the idea that Nazis had like secret high-tech weapons and like alien technology is a narrative that started emerging after World War II. That that there's like these stories that like the Nazis were trying to develop advanced aircraft or spacecraft and that, that these survived the war through secret underground bases that they had in Antarctica or South America. Cause like, there's like, there's several lines of Nazi conspiracy theories that like they had a secret base in Antarctica uh, because they Mm. had one expedition that kind of went there. And also that like they had a secret thing going on in Argentina because Argentina was kind of friendly to the Nazis and that a lot of Nazis who escaped justice from the Nuremberg trials found themselves in Argentina and that's where they kind of hid out for the rest of their lives so mm-hmm. there was this sort of there was this there was a theory for a long time that because Hitler's uh the the, the Soviets burned Hitler's remains as soon as they found his body after he committed suicide that, yeah. um, that so there's no corpse we have no we have no burial site for Hitler that was intentional the the, the, the Soviets did that very intentionally but right. um, that meant that has led to a conspiracy is that Hitler survived the war and was hiding in Argentina because so many other high-ranking non- Nazis were also able to escape and go to Argentina Mm, yeah I've heard that before yeah so like that kind of builds into that uh, and you know that they developed anti-gravity which we know we talked about last week with Victor Freiburg or Victor um, Schauberger Schauberger, but we're also going to get into in a future episode probably sooner rather than later or the bell which is another sort
1: of claim that they had uh, anti-gravity technology from uh, extraterrestrial sources I'm excited we're building this one up I'm excited Mm -hmm. for it because this is like the big thing that I've heard of before. So I'm excited for when we do that episode. Yeah, and this is not based on
0: nothing, because as we said, they had some weird esoteric research they got into. They did have uh, like, the Wunderwaffen program near the end of the war, but also that it's there was this, it's not an entirely baseless claim too, because Nazis, the Nazi Nazi Germany actually did uh, show an interest in developing flying saucer shaped vehicles. Mm-hmm. A lot of countries did. I think um, now this part I could very well be wrong, but I think it's the kind of, they, they. there was this period in aviation technology where they started developing these, these, like they were thinking about making these flying saucers and the kind of two technologies that were born out of that work turned into what would later be jet engines, which was like a sort of development, Development of World War Two, and then yeah. later on, helicopter, because they were basically trying to uh, figure out how to make. Either uh, a way of, you know, um, propelling like through the air using vertically? turbines yeah. rather yeah. than like propellers, oh, I see. but then also, uh, yeah, vertical takeoff and landing, which um, which gotcha. was another dream and that the helicopter sort of came out of that research. So like there is like even like I think the US made some like weird flying saucer shaped uh, experimental vehicles, but they didn't really work because they were trying to figure out how wow. to like, if we take jet engine and turn it vertical, does that work? And then they're like, oh, no, it doesn't. What if we take propeller or what if we make propeller, put it on top and make it go very fast?
1: and we have helicopter that works yeah yeah so that's sort of like the 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 beginning of that. Do you know how if you have like a fan, like a like a table fan or like a floor, yeah, like a fan, that one right there, and and you it's spinning and you speak into it, it like makes your voice sound sort of funny oh, yeah. and robotic. We've all been six years old, yes, yes. Does that? I know helicopters are loud, so you wouldn't be able to hear it yourself. But if I shouted into a helicopter propeller, would that? What would my voice sound like? Do you think my th- my guess is that if
0: you got close enough to do something like that, it would sound much like Scott being chopped up into 10 million pieces. (laughs) Gotcha. All right. So wouldn't recommend. Would not recommend. No. um, Okay. Generally, general rule of thumb is that if helicopter blades
1: are moving, you should not be close to the helicopter. (laughs) Like that is general rule of thumb. Do not fight Harrison Ford around them. You will get shredded up if there are blades, if there are propeller blades moving Mm -hmm. around, whether helicopter or plane, it doesn't matter. Oh, yeah.
0: Because the not. Yeah. And Nazis
1: again. That's a Nazi Um, thing.
0: But kind of through that you can sort of see here where this like where this thing comes from, where all the pieces are, because you do like as I kind of mentioned, like you have this war that was like apocalyptic in nature, like defining for our century. Like we are in many ways, we are still living in a, a world defined by the post World War II moment. Mm-hmm. The most like if you were to kind of like look at the grand array of history and look at our moment in history right now, like maybe like three hundred years from now, we would still yeah. kind of be under the post-World War II reality moment. I mean until World War 3. Until World War 3 which you know also people were talking more seriously about this week which is fun. Mm. Yeah, there was this whole thing where it's like, man, America seems to want to have Civil War 2 and World War 3 in the same week. <laughs> but like the Nazis did have a lot of very weird ideas that we'll learn later were because they were bad at science and history, what? but also like they had uh they had a lot of issues with or like they also, you know, have this sort of like mystique over our civilization and they yeah. uh, they definitely were trying to like do these like moonshot projects. They just never worked. And you could kind of see like Yeah, and it w-
1: yeah, it wasn't because they were like, you know, playing 3D chess and just like unraveling physics at the seams. It's just because they were desperate and just sort of grasping at any any straws. And they had a very stupid idea of how science works.
0: Yeah. The other thing too is that like there's been a consistent post-World War II interest group that is very interested in trying Mm. to rehabilitate the Nazi regime and try to make it so that, you know, the, the, the horrors that they committed on, on human humanity, uh, don't get as much attention and that, uh, that they, that, you know, to imply that they were more successful at things than they actually were. Mm -hmm. Great. And then, yeah, there's this idea that like Nazis had like these super weapons that was again, pushed in a lot of, Circles that were trying to promote anti-Semitic conspiracy theories or esoteric Nazi ideology, which I feel like I need to make like a step back video just about esoteric Nazi ideology and how a lot of Nazi ideology just got sanitized and moved into like sort of new agey directions. But- The thing is that it's all based on some real stuff because the regime did have a fascination with the supernatural and the occult. Uh, They had this belief in the racial superiority of Aryans, which led them on this fruitless search to find ancient artifacts and relics related to like to prove their racial ideology. True. Um, They did have a nuclear weapons program that also contributed to this. For example, they did have a group called the, the Anharba, which was a, sort of Nazi archaeology program that tried to do expeditions and research to prove that there was an Aryan race and that they were, you know, they were racially superior, but it was all based on pseudoscientific stuff and lacked any actual evidence that it worked.
1: Right. They, they had a conclusion based on nothing and they were trying to justify it by being like, all right, we, we, this is what we believe. Now go find evidence that proves what we believe is true (laughs) before we like, yeah, it's, 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 it's it's nonsense yeah
0: it's sort of like how um this is sort of like a a similar kind of thing which is that like there was this movement and it didn't last super long time but in the soviet union there was this thought that like darwinian evolution right that was sort of framed Mm -hmm. as all species being in competition with each other which is not really an accurate way to talk about it but it was a way that people talked about at the time sounded too capitalist and so they 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 bought into an alternative method of evolution called Lamarckian evolution, which didn't actually work and ignored how DNA works. But uh, mm. because but it was uh, it, it it was like a non-capitalist way to describe how animals and plants change over time. So they kind of rolled with it a lot longer than they should have. Other thing too that we we'll need to get into is that that part of the conspiracy is also that like these super weapons were then snatched up by America after the war and brought to like Area 51 under Project Operation Paperclip, which was a real yep. thing that happened that we'll talk about uh, a little bit later too. So like, and then like you know these these stories started going around in like fringe circles, and eventually they would get like they would leave Nazi circles and they would enter into esoteric or like like you know um, like occult circles, or they would go to like New Age circles, or they would get further diluted into just the general ufo culture and before you know it like weird esoteric nazi shit through like three levels of intermediaries is ending up becoming mainstream to the point where it's being promoted as a potentially real thing on shows like ancient aliens on the history channel which presumably has non-nazis working there and has you know uh, there are theoretically like you know jewish people who work at history channel or jewish people who enjoy the history channel who are then uh, being subjected to ideolo- to to stuff that comes from an ideology that was uh, yeah wholly focused on their eradication and
1: that's terrifying. And I, I we've talked about this before, but I think I think the defense of ancient aliens and even the history channel is like, Hey, we're not saying this stuff happened. We're just asking questions. Yeah. We're just saying, who knows? Maybe that's an interesting thought. I don't know. But it's when you're presented on the history channel, what you, what you're presumably learning is real history. Mm -hmm. Uh, and you're not (laughs) you're just not with this show yeah and the way they frame
0: it is definitely like plausible deniability so that they can uh, avoid these kinds of criticisms but the thing is that like yeah Nazi UFOs emerged in the 60s by authors who linked UFOs to uh, Nazi Germany you have books like Reich of the Black Sun uh, and Pentagon Aliens that sort of push these stories Uh, then like shows like In Search of Aliens picked it up and then it got uh, as many conspiracies do got kind of roped into other meta conspiracies like the illuminati and the ufo cover-ups and yeah it, it just sort of entered into the general milieu of people who don't have much um scruples or don't have much um don't critically think about the things that they believe before they 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 espouse their belief in them uh, and that's kind of where things are but i want to kind of it's like that's like the main thing like like, like, like it's just this is the, the the messy sort of weird link between fascism in the far right and UFO circles that we're always sort of playing with and having to dance with because we have to mention fascists so much on this podcast. That's supposed to be like a fun thing. And since we're going through this episode, we're like confronting it head on. And so that I, I kind of wanted to get to.
1: Absolutely. I mean, this is, I feel like we've hit on a lot of the claims, a lot of the pseudo history specifically. Mm -hmm. Um, But I'm wondering if, we could learn maybe some like real history of course uh, but I do have to do one quick
0: thing first and that is um, we have to product and we have to service yep. okay let's we just, can
1: do that All right, yeah we can do that really quickly let's do it
0: Let's talk about the real Nazi atomic weapons program and the Manhattan Project.
1: So I would love to. You know there was a movie about this recently. There was. I haven't seen it yet. Uh I Me only ever either.
0: saw I only saw the Barben in the Barbenheimer. But um Me too. Because it's um it's it's what's his face? It's uh Chris Nolan. Yeah, Christopher did it? Nolan and like Christopher Nolan, it's like one of those, I'm still a little bit mad about how he tried to make everybody go to the movies to see his movie during COVID
1: during a pandemic. Yeah. So, he, so that's not great when he did that yeah. part of it. I also don't really like that. He made an entire Batman movie where the villain is Occupy Wall Street. Yeah. It's <laughs> like, we're not a movie podcast. We say this a lot, but like, wow, Bane was like, boy, the wealthy people are ruining the whole city. And then, you're like yeah actually Bane has a point and then to make you not think that he was like and and then Bane, Bane was like and also I have an actual nuke that I'm going to blow up Gotham with and it's like well hold on now maybe that's not what we want yeah, to go full you know, circle like, to the beginning of the podcast it's the same thing as the the equalists from
0: Korra uh, the legend of Korra yeah. where they're like oh these people have like a real point that there's like these random people who have superpowers and they get all of these benefits in society and everyone else kind of gets fucked over and then they're like oh but also we're Evil. Like, we're gonna, I don't remember what their plan was. Their plan was to just like kill a bunch of people or something. And it was like, oh no.
1: We gotta we got to stop having white dudes write stories about inequality. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think we're good at it. We're not. We're not. Um I did like that it thematically like
0: took like the thing that Ang used to end Avatar and used it as like the sort of problem at the beginning of Korra. Like I thought that was clever thematic cuz he used that same ability to take mm-hmm. the power away from the fire lord. I thought that was clever. But yeah, the, the, the whole, like, there's these situations where they want to make complex villains, and the complex villains are right- and then they get themselves into a corner where they're like, "Oh shit, the villain is right and the hero is wrong." So then they just do like a one eighty and be like, "And also, I'm a cartoon supervillain." It's yeah, it's, and it's also Killmonger, the villain going to no, kill What's his name? Um, is it Killmonger in Killmonger in yeah. Black Panther? Yeah. yeah, and like uh, and and like this guy and like I think flank Smasher yeah. or whatever uh from what from, from the, the, the 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 Disney Captain America thing you saw it I didn't. <laughs>
1: Oh, the, oh, from Falcon and Winter Soldier. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, so, like, that's, like, the sort of thing. But um, the German Atomic Weapons Program.
1: <laughs> anyway, yeah. we're not a movie podcast.
0: The, the German uh, Atomic Weapons Research Program, uh, which was called the Uranverein or the Uranium Club, actually began shortly after the discovery of nuclear fission by Otto Hahn and Fritz Gossmann, uh, which started in 1938. Uh, you know, a year before the war started. So Mm -hmm. the nuclear fission we'll get into later, but uh, that was a discovery of like, holy shit, there's like this source of huge amounts of power. I bet we could turn it into a weapon.
1: I was going to ask this at the beginning of the episode. I was like, because you were talking about how everyone was sort of racing to build a nuclear bomb. I was like, how did everyone at the same time like think of this they, Yeah, I, the, the the scientific discovery came out that if you shoot a neutron at a uh, at certain
0: types of materials uh, a chain reaction happens where a bunch of energy comes out and you're like oh shit okay um, that first things first how can we kill people with this Well, they, at the same they were like there at the same time they were like energy and bomb how do we get both of them yeah yeah this had people like Werner Heisenberg of uh, of like Breaking Bad fame um, Breaking Bad fame who was a Nobel laureate so like you know big deal And they did try to develop like the the first like nuclear reactors and nuclear weapons. Uh, But it had the issue of they had lack of resources. As I mentioned, they had issues with internal competition where lots of different scientists were trying to do crazy things and they were just one of them. And also just the fact that as the war, like, uh, you know, as you're trying to decide what materials you're going to put into different parts of the war, the idea that like, do we put our materials, like if we have like 10,000 tons of steel, do we use that steel mm. to uh, help develop a new containment chamber for this fission reactor that might in like five years produce a weapon? Or do we turn that steel into more guns for and bullets for the soldiers that are fighting right now? Right. So those kinds of priorities started to uh, hinder the program's ability to get the stuff it needed to really advance the science. I see. Sort of short-term thinking on there.
1: Mm-hmm. Part.
0: So they were interested in making the bomb, but by 1942, the program had shifted from developing a weapon to building a reactor that could sustain nuclear fission because uh a bunch of presentations to high-ranking Nazi military commanders made it clear that the they had the they didn't have a plan for developing a real bomb. Uh the program
1: just a theoretical
0: yeah. bomb. For example, they weren't able to separate the isotopes necessary to create an atom bomb. They weren't able to like refine enough uranium to get the bomb material they mm. needed. They were never able to get a successful chain reaction, which is what you need for fission. And yeah. uh also They're like,
1: oh, we're we're just making a big mess with these with these spy- Spicy, spicy meatballs from Italy. That's all we
0: have. You can't make nuclear bombs out of meatballs, no matter how hard you try. Um, And they tried. And they tried. You also need a lot of uh, deuterium or heavy water to to do nuclear bomb or nuclear research with, which is also tough to get. And uh, they were not able to get it. Uh, So in July of 1942, they scrapped it and they moved the uh, research and they split it into nine different institutions around the country. Um, Some research in atom, atomic. Energy did continue, uh, but it was not supported by the government and none of them came close to actually supporting a, a, a actual weapon. After the war, some of the uranium that the Nazis had was added to the United States' own nuclear efforts, and some of the cubes used in their experiments it did end up in the hands of either private collectors or research institutions. So, like, not only mm. do we, like, know that these these things were abandoned, but, like, we found, like, the exact stuff, and some people still have, like, you know, as artifacts the actual stuff that was used, but also some of it wound, it, wound up in the U.S. and to their nuclear weapons program. Mm-hmm. So that's, like, the main thing. But the other big thing is that German, like, We're kind of like talking as if like the Germans had like some sort of inspiration, like alien or just like being like really enlightened by getting into all these esoteric things. But the main reason why a lot of this like random weird shit got greenlit is because Germany had a lot of scientific and technical advancements that were hampered by the fact that they were so married to pseudo history and pseudoscience married to their idea of race. So, yeah, uh, this meant that like key scientists and like, you know, entire branches of physics were ignored because they thought that they were like, you know, Jewish science or something like that. Uh, And so they lacked the like theoretical scientific backing to even approach like, you know, new frontiers in theoretical physics. And like, you know, like, again, like they had the the SS's and which was trying to which was instead of trying to discover things about archaeology was trying to just simply prove the superiority of the Aryan race. And they did so by a futile, effort. a
1: futile effort. And at the <laughs> if same, I can say
0: so, yeah. And at the same time though, like this is kind of like uh, emblematic of like how science worked in Nazi Germany, which is that this, they were, they had a preconceived conclusion that they had to go out and then find the answer that they wanted. Right. But then at the same time, they would then report as if they had found it producing like basically fabricated documents and bad, like, you know, like bad scientific research and all that kind of stuff to, to, Prove their preconceived conclusion, which leads to uh, poisoning the sort of scientific process and makes it that you yeah, can't really develop more I was going to say, it's,
1: it's, it, would, it seems like it's the exact opposite of the scientific method. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, you don't really start with a conclusion and find evidence for it. Mm-hmm. The other thing, too, is that the Nazis
0: had a uh, a, a lot of really harsh, to, to say the least, they had a whole lot of harsh racial policies uh, that were designed to, uh, at first, isolate and then uh, exterminate uh, large parts of their own population, including the Jewish population, but also people with disabilities, mm. Romani people, communists, yep. uh, homosexuals, uh, Jehovah's Witnesses, uh, like a hu- to the point where, like, you know, 20 million people died in the Holocaust and, like, 6 million of them yeah. were. like represented like virtually like, like a humongous percentage of the Jewish population of Eastern Europe. Um, and all of this was based on this, like completely false, concept of like racial hygiene and racial like the, the Nazis had this sort of concept that all races were in perpetual um they were like in perpetual competition with each other and that like you know there's like you know races would defeat Another other races capitalist approach yeah I mean if you think about it this will be a spicy but fascism at its core is basically hyper capitalism it's like if you take the concept of capitalism Ooh. and apply it
1: to countries uh, and people spicy yeah. I wish I had like a hot take but, mm-hmm. but sound effect but I don't think I do I think I have this whoa hot take
0: yeah um and it led to them do uh doing stuff like say when they're developing particle physics to make nuclear weapons uh taking ideological stances that they say that things like quantum mechanics i.e the 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 mechanic the the physics of particles and stuff at the very at the atomic level were dismissed Mm -hmm. as being jewish
1: physics (laughs) (laughs) oh my god oh my god yeah (laughs) what is wrong with them A lot is the answer. So much. Yeah.
0: And like again, this like attempt to build a propaganda campaign diverted resources away from real archaeology and real science. Uh, and what would happen is that a lot of these crank ideas that they then bought into would then after the war be rebranded as the truths that mainstream archaeologists don't want you to know. Oh my they, god, made up, where
1: have I heard that before? Yeah,
0: like this is like the made up shit that they brought up was the kind of stuff that would then get watered down into the this like you know the stuff that you see on ancient aliens right yep because they believe like one example would be world ice theory which was this idea this cosmological concept by this guy named hans hobbiger who was like this austrian engineer who thought that ice was the basic substance of all cosmic processes and that ice moons ice planets and global ether had determined the entire development of the universe
1: This is so I've never heard of this
0: before. It, it, That's so. We're getting wild. into like, deep esoteric Nazi shit, but like thing is that Halberger's um ideas came through a vision he had in 1894. Ah. The true source of knowledge, mm-hmm. and a lot of these things became then after the war repackaged, kind of like with their nuclear weapons program and UFO stuff, as hidden truths that mainstream archaeologists, because they weren't like they were they, like they got into like weird shit because they had a, a a warped and like bad concept of history and science and everything. And then after the war, their ideas sort of trickle out, and people think of it as like secret hidden knowledge that mm. that they don't want you to know about. And then when you know you you sanitize it just enough so that the Nazi label gets taken off of it, and all of a sudden you have have ancient
1: aliens at a certain point yeah it's 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 really interesting when you um when you hear a lot of this stuff and it's phrased as knowledge they don't want you to know about and then you start asking who's they who's <laughs> the they in that question yeah. and then suddenly oh you get to some Nazi ideology yeah as soon as you have a they like this is my whole
0: like conspiracy yeah. theory stance is like as soon as you have a they you're like that's like you're you're, you're waiting in anti-Semitism already at that point because yeah. like the first conspiracy theory really was the protocols of the elders of Zion which was this sort mm-hmm. of uh, anti-Semitic text from the late 19th century um, but yeah the, the other thing too is that this kind of like you know bad take and like uh you know did like the the mainstream archaeologists dismiss this as important yeah is now also a leading thing in the sort of attack on the right against professional scholarship specialization and expertise and the promotion of pseudoscience over established consensus which you see in like climate change denial and like the sort of attack on on woke universities and like the sort of uh the theory of cultural marxism it all kind of has its its roots from this uh this like line of thinking Mm-hmm. And keep in mind that not the Nazi government was totalitarian to the extreme. They tried to control what people learned what people thought. So like they took a extreme interest in making sure that their these bad ideas were then taught in all of the schools to all the people and that like the experts were were saying all these things which stifled it. For example, I'll just kind of get into this their racial policies led to a huge emigration or the murder of many Jewish scientists or the dismissing of yep. their ideas and kind of backfired on them yeah. in some some regards there. And before World War II, Germany had like a significant Jewish population and a significant representation in the sciences because of like a sort of like a cultural emphasis on education Mm -hmm. you know yeah Uh, and because you know when you are barred from a lot of different trades uh, like like in in historically in Europe Jews were barred from many trades that were lucrative and made money and so they ended up having to enter into other professions and they happened to Mm -hmm. be professions that you know required high education so like a lot of European Jewish culture would have this emphasis on like you know getting a good education, which resulted in a lot of highly educated Jewish people who contributed to science and, and, uh, and so, yeah. uh, for example, here's just like a brief list of the people who, uh, left Germany oh my God. because of brief. Brief list. a brief oh list of, of Jewish uh, scientists who had to leave uh, Germany because of their uh, their growing uh, you know uh, attacks on uh, on Jewish people. All right, get into it. Fritz Haber, the Nobel Prize in Chemistry winner, who invented the Haber Bosch process, which refines air into usable or the nitrogen in the air into ammonia, which is basically the core behind all of fertilizer. Um,
1: yep, yep, yep. Interesting, uh, also because one. he was a
0: key person in the development of the chemical weapons program for Germany in the First World War. Um, mm. Lise Meitner, uh, a physicist who was uh, played a major role in the discovery of nuclear fission, had to leave Germany in 1938. Oh,
1: kind of an important person you'd want to
0: have. Yeah, huh? yeah someone you'd want around. Otto Hahn, uh, who was a physicist and biochemist who got the Nobel Prize in Physiology and Medicine in 1922, left in 1930 and left Germany. Max Born, the physicist and mathematician who was instrumental in developing quantum mechanics, led in 33. Oh my God. Uh, Erdving Schrödinger of Schrödinger's cat, um, the physicist <laughs> who mm-hmm. also developed a number of uh, like. Quantum theory uh, had to leave Germany in '33. Uh, another one I didn't even mention here was um, was freaking uh, uh, Sigmund Freud. Sigmund Freud was a was a Jewish German oh, who had to leave. Uh, just know, left. Yeah, Hans Klebs. Uh, who identified citric acid, the citric acid cycle, you know, part of like, you know, phys- phys- like biology and such. Yeah. It makes good s-
1: sour candies. <laughs> Thank you. I love Sour Patch Kids.
0: Exactly. Um, the biochemist who purified penicillin, Ernst Chain, had to leave Germany in 1933. That's a massive one. Yeah. You think that during a war, um, making penicillin, big deal. Uh, Huge help. Yeah. Mats Prutz, the biologist who uh, was awarded the Nobel Prize in Chemistry in, in 1962, later, had to leave Austria in 1936 because of this. Um, another mm-hmm. one, although he wasn't Jewish, his wife was Jewish, was Enrico Fermi of Fermi a Paradox. Of Of our first episode of the show where we mentioned a conversation they were having while working on the Manhattan Project. Oh <laughs> my god. Um, as like a showing like all of these people who fled Germany because they were Jewish uh, physicists who then went to America and developed America's nuclear
1: bomb. Uh-huh, um, uh-huh. Hans Bet. This is what I meant when I said earlier that it kind of backfired yeah. on on germany a for little real
0: bit. hans betta the physicist who would w- later win a nobel prize in physics left germany in 33 john von neumann the mathematician who also contributed to a wide range of fields in mathematics had to leave
1: uh, i've heard that name before yeah uh
0: leo scissard who's a physicist and the inventor who conceived the nuclear chain reaction left germany in 33 jesus James Frank, a, a physicist who got the Nobel Prize in 1925. Edward Teller, who was yep. a Hungarian physicist who was known as the, quote, father of the hydrogen bomb, had <laughs> to leave in 1936. <laughs> Rudolf Peierls, a, a German, uh, a nuclear physicist who was involved in Britain's atomic bomb program, had to leave Germany in 1933. And the oh last one, the biggest one, the person who wrote the letter to FDR warning of the German nuclear weapons program, Albert Einstein. <laughs> There he is. Jewish physicist known for the theory of relativity left Germany for the United States in 1933 after Hitler came to power. (sighs)
1: So kind of a lot of Important, notable scientific and mathematical minds. Yeah, just a few, eh? Just a few. It's interesting how of all the scientists that
0: developed like super technologies that ancient aliens talks about, like with Nikola Tesla and uh, and like you know all these people, that Einstein never gets added to that. Hmm. I wonder what it is about Einstein that they don't want to attribute any sort of super technology developments to. I don't know. Who knows? Who can say? So this led to what uh, I, I think I'm most euphemistic said, a decline in the quality and integrity of scientific research in Nazi Germany. Yeah, you do, to, to put it lightly. <laughs> yeah. Um. In contrast, the Manhattan Project was colossal, was kept top secret, and was in development in the United States for many years, was a international collaboration with the UK and Canada, and uh was an all-out effort using huge amounts of resources to develop the first nuclear bomb. The Manhattan Project succeeded, probably with the help of all those Jewish physicists that they took. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> they had their first controlled self-sustaining nuclear reaction in uh december 2nd 1942 at the direction of nobel prize winning physicist enrico fermi who had to leave germany we for some about. reason
1: yep we'll never know yeah they
0: the, uh the at its peak the uh manhattan project had employed 130,000 people uh, had pilot plants laboratories and manufacturing facilities across the united states which is also very far away from europe so they didn't have to deal with any like you know war stuff. And had some of the most brilliant minds in at the time, like people like J. Robert Oppenheimer, who is, you know, uh, the father of the atomic bomb, but also people like Enrico Fermi or Richard Feynman or Edward Teller. Yeah. And just like was this, like breaking molds constantly, not only in science, but also in engineering and industry, created an entire new form of weaponry in like an amazingly short period. It was one of the most like scientific, it was one of the most like intense scientific, like focus of scientific development in human history. Yeah. And then it was, of course, ultimately used to make the fat man and the little boy, which were dropped on Japan in August of 1945. Arguably, not so yeah, great. Yeah, arguably, I you, could say, say, though, you could say, though, they could say like the reason they did it is because they were so invested in this program and then when they they by the time it was actually bearing fruit they were like oh shit the war's almost over and Japan keeps trying to surrender to us but we gotta use this thing because if we show it off then the Soviets will be more scared at these conferences we keep going to.
1: Yeah I I I wish I wish that there was a different outcome for like a a very rigorous uh condensed time of scientific study and mi- great minds coming together. Mm-hmm. Like I wish there was a more like humanitarian sort of outcome to that, uh than other than just big bomb. You can say though that this is also the this is also the work that needed to be done to develop uh
0: like nuclear power, which sure uh is probably going to be one of our our saviors for but that wasn't with really champions. the focus of no, it was. The moon it? program was also to develop ICBMs,
1: but uh we still yeah. got to go to the moon so you know you have to take the, the bat i guess how can we convince people that we we can make a cool big weapon by stopping climate change? That is true. We'll make a solar a solar panel that can like shoot lasers or something, right? Yeah. How can we spin it to be like, "All right, we got to fight climate change not because it'll save the world. That's just like a byproduct of it, but at the end of it we're going to have a really cool weapon we can use on people." Yeah. Think
0: about that. There's something like pseudo-conspiratorial about this one take, but there's also like a form of nuclear power that's used by um, suspending thorium in a sort of liquid salt of tetrafluoride that um, would result in a whole new source of nuclear fissile material that's not uranium and is very common to the point where you can harvest it from seawater but uh, because it was not able to be refined into something that could be a bomb it was not really invested in and so now it's like very slowly starting to be come online right now like China's investing in a lot but like could result in nuclear power plants that are literally impossible to melt down and you could just like bury them and like leave them for like 15 years to just like generate power because they oh, have a few moving cool. parts that i i also know that there's some um some people have some real like people who know more than i do have some real question marks but yeah they were able to sure. harness the fact that fission is where you take an atomic nucleus you know you take this like atom that's made up of all of like the protons and neutrons right you shoot an electron or a neutron at it and it explodes and that sort of sure. beta force uh, or that like that all those forces keeping those things together blows apart and you get tons of energy but also creates other particles that then hit other part other atoms that then break those and so like the plutonium creating or the, a chain yeah. reaction exactly the plutonium or uranium that you is is special because like they are very breakable atoms basically for that kind of thing mm. that's sort of the principle of nuclear fission that they were able to figure out other thing too to mention is that the nazis did develop a whole bunch of scientific stuff we know because the cold war happened right afterwards and everyone tried to gobble up uh nazi scientists like they were fucking yum, pez yum, candy yum 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 yum, yum. so so for example, Operation Paperclip was a U.S. program that brought over 1,600 German scientists, engineers, and uh, technicians from Nazi Germany to the U.S. to give them employment to fight communism. Hey, that's way more scientists than I thought. Yeah, and a lot of them have some sketchy
1: involvement with the Nazi party that had to be scrubbed nice and clean. I knew about Operation Paperclip. I knew that the United States had folded in Nazi scientists into their ranks. I didn't think it was 1,600 of them. I thought it was like... A couple dozen. I mean, the most famous one is Werner von Braun, who then became
0: the head of NASA and like led the rocketry mm-hmm. program because he was the developer of like the V2 rockets and stuff like that in Germany. But uh, yeah. yeah, they were brought into all sorts of stuff. This was the operation by the Joint Intelligence Operations Agency carried out by the U.S. Army's Counterintelligence Corps. And the U.S. has a lot of its scientific breakthroughs post world war two to thank for or a lot of nazi scientists that they then uh let escape justice in order to develop new science for America to fight communism. I also would be remiss if I didn't talk about another side of this that doesn't get a lot of attention which was Operation uh, I am sorry for I don't know Russian either Operation Osova Osovakim. so sure. this was the Soviet version of Operation Paperclip which was distinctly different uh, for some interesting ways because um, yeah the Council of Number one
1: they were in a different country yeah like, big difference
0: they're doing it communistly. Mm-hmm. but this was uh, uh, decreed through the Council of Ministers of the Soviet Union uh, it was larger in scale and uh basically was less um let's just say that like one one did it with america attracted their nazis with honey the russians specifically used vinegar their whole uh, thing was uh because germany had this whole concept after world war ii that like uh germany needs to repay all of like the sort of infrastructure damage that was done to the soviet union during the war and mm-hmm. did so by like literally tearing down factories brick by brick and putting them on trains and taking them to the soviet union to be built as new factories oh wow. to rebuild their industrial capacity but that also extended to scientists engineers and technicians who were dismantled brick by brick and put on trains and Um, but like they were literally like kidnapping people to kidnapping german scientists and like forcing them to develop science for the soviet union Mm. uh they're like they had like trophy brigades and stuff like that who were like their job was to go to like these like you know run down atomic facilities and just take as many materials uh and like research but also scientists that they could and bring it back to the soviet union for their own scientific things was notably less successful because. It turns out kidnapping people and taking them to the Soviet Union and forcing them to do science for you less successful Mm. than, hey, want to come to America where you'll be well paid and we'll expunge your entire war criminal record to do things.
1: We're a little nicer over here. Nicer to the Nazis, yeah. I've always said that about America.
0: Both of which, though, do rise to some very uh problematic and ethical questions. Like Werner sure. von Braun. I think we talked about this last week. Werner von Braun, head of NASA, um, key to the development of the Saturn V rocket that basically got America to the moon and also is the first ICBM. Like you put a you put a nuclear warhead on a Saturn V and that is America's nuclear like missile capacity. Yeah. But Werner von Braun developed the V2 rocket program, the first rockets developed in Nazi Germany. And as we mentioned, definitely, although he claims otherwise, definitely knew that his rockets were being built with slave labor by people in concentration camps. Uh, because his brother personally oversaw these things, mm. and um, and a lot of these other Nazi uh, scientists who were brought to America under Piperclip also had very troublesome. Like they were the ones who were not famous enough to have to go to nuremberg but a lot of them had very heinous histories especially those that had to do with like medicine and science and like you know biology and the kind of things that they were doing under their research uh expunged to come over and do Mm -hmm. their work and we have to talk about like how space exploration and the development of like advanced materials fuel efficiency engines Uh, Yeah. A lot of our space age science has to do with the fact that this happened while, you know, literally under the under the uh, under the actions of uh, letting some of the worst criminals in all of human history escape justice. And we kind of have to live with that fact today yeah uh and especially because it was done of the idea of uh undoing communism uh the big evil but what if
1: we spin it to be cooler Mm. and we say that it was alien technology yeah and maybe that's how we live with it
0: that's how we live with it. it could be that it could be that like the the whole alien thing here is us trying to subconsciously uh relieve ourselves of our collective guilt because we're not talking about uh, we're not talking about embracing and accepting the ideas of war criminals. We're talking about alien technology just filtered through them that they just happened to get. Mm, that's that's a way to look at it. Yeah. I also find that this, this way of talking about this is by, by the way, we are now in the part where Tristan makes you sad, which is like kind of the whole episode, but
1: uh, yeah, but the, uh, I, it feels like I don't want to do the sound effect we did last week. <laughs> Cause it feels very, yeah. <laughs> it feels very silly. I'll come up with another one, but uh,
0: trying to like give this kind of attribution to the Nazis and like all of this sort of like mystique and, and, and power uh, seems to dilute the story of what the Nazis, actually were, which were the people, the, the, the group and the movement that created the worst atrocities in human history, including the systematic genocide of 6 million Jews, as well as numerous other war crimes, uh, and, and also like, the, just like the mass eradication again of, uh, uh, not only like the, a huge amount of the Jewish people who lived in Eastern Europe, but also yeah. Romani people, uh, yes. uh, people who are like Jehovah's witnesses, uh, homosexuals, like the first people that the mm-hmm. Nazi came for were uh transgender people but also Mm. uh anybody who had left-wing politics uh they had uh they also went after like but i thought the notes nazis were a socialist party. Mm. interesting yeah it's weird that the national the net the the, the socialists that they say were so uh were like literally branded as being the bulwark of western society against communism (laughs) um Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. we don't talk about that part mr shapiro uh-huh. but uh but yeah and also just like this kind of shit sucks and in many ways yeah. this like dilution of nazi ideas through to esoteric circles is a way to sanitize this movement that did some of the worst stuff and like a lot of this like a lot of these claims like these like sort of pseudo scientific claims about what the, the or pseudo historical claims about what the nazis are up to also has links to other conspiracy theories like uh holocaust denial which is the 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 ongoing conspiracy theory that the Holocaust didn't happen and that this was used by by them to uh build a narrative to to sort of gain power or revisionists who try to uh argue down how the the sheer scope because the unbelievable scope of the Holocaust mm. uh, and 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 these kinds of things are like part of this movement that we don't get as much uh attention to yeah and the suppression of this also like develops conspiracy theories that are also like based around this idea that there's this like Jewish power that rules the world the illuminati is basically that that oh they won't yeah. they won't say it's jewish people but they're the claim of who they believe is part of the illuminati is conspicuously high in jews yeah and so you know it, it it sort of like downplays the important stuff and also tries to sanitize the the horrifying ideas that these people were associated with and
1: so it's important that
0: we fight
1: that yeah Absolutely. It, and that's what we try to do a little bit here. It sucks. To talk about Nazi shit so often. Yeah. Uh, this next but few episodes are to. gonna be are gonna
0: be rough, but um but yeah, like this is th- I predict that these will be some of our more popular episodes. Unfortunately, the history channel probably bears that out to be true because before they were the aliens people, they were the Nazi people because their World War II documentaries were so popular. Yeah. But I also think that this is in some ways important because we're like what we are doing really is getting right to the heart of the ancient astronaut conspiracy theory. This is like the thing that this comes from. This is where like all of the new age, uh like occultism like all of that sort of like modern day new age UFO culture comes out of this specific uh like horror of the 1940s and is a like in many ways kind of like with uh like how uh the new world order was to uh rebrand what they called the Zionist occupational government before that it's a way mm-hmm. to add a level of deniability by by like uh sanding the Nazi stuff off of nazi ideas and uh kind of disturbing to a lot of people if you just say nazi shit but don't attribute it to nazis you get a rather warm reception for a lot of the ideas which yes is terrifying
1: and and yeah i feel like if you listen to this podcast there's been a lot of this stuff like it's you know I, I was just thinking about the the Betty and Barney Hill uh, and just like how people have uh, like PTSD from World War II and are, are trying to uh, like work through that. And, and you know, the, our minds come up with all sorts of, uh, ways to cope with things like that including you know alien abductions and and, and things like that mm-hmm. um yeah it's everything sort of traces back to here <laughs> in a lot of ways so i think it's important that we're doing these episodes and hopefully we're making them fun to listen to yeah i'm i'm guessing that there's like a bigger story
0: that we could talk about at some that some historian will need to write about how this whole like belief in ufos and government conspiracies comes out of our society be, un, being unable to process World War II and like yeah Our civilized like like the sort of like World War II so profoundly changed the way the world functions and the way governments work and the way that like the dynamics of reality are for many people that uh conspiracy theories and like UFOs and stuff like that will be like the 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 way that we like culturally process that that shocks the system in many ways, like how like the 9-11 truth movement is us doing that for 9-11 in a much smaller capacity.
1: But that was like the subject of my PhD dissertation that I never finished. Well, Tristan, maybe you are that historian, but we'll never know mm-hmm. until you write a book about this, or just keep to, or just keep doing this stuff on this podcast. That's yeah. also fun. Uh, hey, thanks so much for listening to this episode. Uh, believe it or not, I think we have more Nazi stuff to talk about next week.
0: Yeah yeah I have a I have here I will I will get it I'll give you an exact number uh, so that you know how much more Nazi shit I, I have like we're good Nazi yeah Nazis will show up over and over again because you know you dig That's into conspiracy just the nature theories, but we still got one two three four five six seven uh, Jesus. eight nine uh, episodes no. worth of stuff I'm gonna have to mix it up I I got I got a really a really stupid racist conspiracy theory uh, about the finis- in Australia that would involve getting Dale Kingsmill back. Maybe we should just do that at some
1: point in the near term future. We'll we'll break it up. We'll break it up in between. We're going to need some chasers for all these shots. We can't do this many shots this in a row. I learned that in undergrad. This is a lot of stuff. Well, hey, thank you so much for listening. Uh, a great place where you can keep up with this show is Probs Not Aliens. Uh, if you are uh, true space potatoes, follow Probs Not Aliens on Twitter and Blue Sky. And we're back. We I lost the password tweeted. to
0: the Blue Sky account for multiple months because I forgot what password I or what email I put on the account. But it's
1: fixed oh, now. it's fixed now because I got an email. Email that someone logged into it the other day. Yeah. So I assume that was you. And uh, Tristan, where can people find more of your stuff online? You've mentioned. M- making videos about things. What, it, what, what is that? What do you mean by that? Man, if that's a thing, if after seeing this, you're like, man, more of
0: that, I applaud you for your uh, tenacity resolve, yeah, resolve yeah. constitution. Uh, But uh, I would say that you would go to step back on YouTube slash Nebula. Um, my latest video is on Gaza and is being quickly followed up by people who are weaponizing what's happening in Gaza to spread anti-Semitism. So right. Yeah. Uh, if I wanted to learn instead uh, the role Abraham Lincoln has played in comics, where would I go?
1: Oh my god! (laughs) That's such an old video! Sometimes you change it up on me. Sometimes you're like, here's a medium-aged video from Scott, and now you're going back to way back in time. I gotta keep Uh, guessing. Yeah, this is my YouTube channel called NerdSync, N-E-R-D-S-Y-N-C. If you like comic books, if you like cartoons, if you like video essays about media, uh, come hang out with me while I make stuff. I pro- I've i been promoting this one video for so long. I promise I'm working on it video? about the, the weird world of licensed cookbooks. I promise I'm still working on it. Nice. So get excited for that. Hype. It, it is fun and sad. So good. look forward to it. I get to do a part in my videos where Scott makes you sad. Oh, If you like the part where Tristan makes you sad in this podcast, come to my video. When Scott, Scott makes, makes you sad, you it sad. gets very
0: personal. Like when your uh, Captain Marvel video just turned into an entire thing about imposter syndrome.
1: Yeah. Scrolls, man. Anyway. <laughs> um... You can also support this podcast, get episodes early over on Nebula, nebula.tv slash probably not aliens. I know we talk about you get episodes early, but it's also a way to support the show. Yeah, It helps us out uh, financially. We don't really make any money from this podcast except through the people who sign up on nebula.tv slash probably not aliens. So thank you to everyone who has done that. Uh, You can write reviews of this podcast on Apple Podcasts. You can leave feedback on Spotify, uh, comments on YouTube. All of these things are really great ways free ways to help support the podcast as well uh, because it shows that there's a thriving community of people who like the show and are still leaving reviews and it's great um, we really appreciate it mm-hmm. if, if you are writing a review for this episode mention something about Avatar The Last Airbender Yeah, I'm going to do this for every episode now if someone's going to leave a review at the end of listening to an episode we have to give them a prompt Um, So if you're leaving a review for the first time after listening to this, mention Avatar The Last Airbender. You can also tell your friends about the show. It really helps us out. That's another uh, great way to support the show. And a great place to send your friends is ProbsNotAliens.com. It's a very simple website. It's got links to everything, everywhere you can listen to us. And uh, we really appreciate all of you wonderful space potatoes. But until next time, my name is Scott Nicewine.
0: I'm Tristan Johnson, and the truth is out there. yep. Yep. Yep, yep.
1: That's it. I did it. I did it. That's Avatar.
0: That's we, just our 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 son calls our cat named Romeo Momo, and oh, I can't wait to see if uh, when he gets when we get to the age of Avatar, that Momo will be a, a
1: welcome yeah. part of it. Momo will be canceled because he's sexist. Oh, you don't even uh, want to know what Momo did after Avatar. That was yeah. not a character arc. Momo was
0: just bad.